there are lots of lousy businesses, and there's lots of wonderful businesses. It's the art and science of money. My job has been to try and figure out which is which. It's Hi-Fi Radio from the Global News Radio Studios in Toronto with Hi-Fi Portfolio Managers. Here's Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hartle. Well, good morning, and thank you for tuning in to a show for you about your money. Uh, Wolfgang Klein here, top of the day, end of the month of November, and December is just around the corner. I survived my sleep out on the streets of Toronto for Covenant House. Thank you. Uh, we did it. We, you and I, and Jack, of course, as well, who's always in for the cause here on the show. My right-hand man, portfolio manager extraordinaire, he is. Uh, yes, we raised just over $35,000. Uh, I was well protected by the likes of Pinball Clements. He, of course, uh, slept for the cause as well, and the event raised $1.3 million. Uh, so kudos to everyone who participated in that. There is a 83 sleepers. Uh, Martin Katz, film producer, uh, he joined us as well, as did a few other... Uh, Hockey players, which is nice, um, but it's never enough. Again, Covenant House needs about $30 million to keep its doors open each and every year. Not sure if I'm going to sleep out next year, but I figured if Pinball Clements can sleep out, why not Peter Dykowski? Um, You know, this, this, this guest we have in here is quite the guest, I shall say. He's a young fella, uh, just came back from uh, the Grey Cup, where he watched his home team, his team, the Ticats, uh I guess, drop the ball? Uh, they didn't do so well, and it was such a great season for him. So it was a tough end, but good for Winnipeg. So, uh, and you saw Pinball out at the game? Oh, yeah. Well, he's incredible. For a guy who's not very large, he fills a room. So uh, tell me, Peter, next year, Covenant House, uh, executive sleep out. Why don't you join Pinball next year and sleep out in the streets for, for Covenant House? Hey, you got me there. I'd love to. Well, it seems to be like, something you would do. Uh, again, you, you ran for the federal conservative uh, riding in your neighborhood. You managed to knock on enough doors to uh, count 14,000 votes. Uh, you're voted from this by, by the CBC two-hour special, Canada's smartest person. Uh, you were a lineman uh, for, what, 11 years in the CFL. Um and now you're the CEO of a company called Scholars, which is a tutoring business. Um, this is a good business year, and I know that because I'm a father, and I have had to contract tutors to help my children with various subjects, primarily math. And in, in my neighborhood, in fact, my, my one child uh, needs some more tutoring, and the school has recommended perhaps we go to the Blythe Academy, which I'm sure you're familiar with. Uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, there's a few Blythe Academies who also offer tutoring services. Yeah, I see Applebee in my neighborhood. Uh, so I'm very familiar with the services. It, it seems to be, well, uh, we want our kids to get educated. Uh, the world is competitive. And it's a very, very smart investment. Uh, it's, 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 it's a significant investment that we uh, make into our children. So um, I want to congratulate you for being able to uh, pivot uh, on field, off field, uh, as much as you have as part of the show of Hi-Fi Radio. In terms of building wealth, um, you have to get out of bed in the morning, as you know. You have to work. Uh, you have to save and you have to learn to invest. And uh, a number of clients, Jack and I, take care of uh, have careers similar to yours in that people who worked in the media and entertainment industry, uh, people who are actors, people who have less predictable income where the income can come in, in, in waves and then be cut off. And it, it requires additional um, planning and additional uh, discipline. Very, very important word, discipline, when it comes to managing your money. So I want to congratulate you, young man. Uh, you're a rock star. Well, so far, so good. You know, tutoring's a incredible sector to be in. It's rewarding. 
I know when we have kids come through our doors, we're delivering them something that's gonna help them go further in life, do more things, have more choice, go further in school. It's rewarding. When I my head hits a pillow at night, I fall asleep, the sound sleep of an untroubled conscious, but it's a terrific sector. It's a two billion dollar uh, area of our Canadian economy growing at about six to seven percent a year. And scholars, we are the ultimate Canadian company founded in Thunder Bay. We're all across the country as far north as Peace, Peace River, Alberta. Nice. And we get to have these happy, smiling kids in and out. We see great increases in their academic achievements, nice improvements on their report cards. And it's my job to help grow our system and work with all of our franchisees. I'm the smiling, happy face of compliance. Now, I'm very, uh, very friendly, but we do have a system. And I, as a former athlete, understand about adhering to a system, the discipline necessary to be successful in pro athletes tra- translates into just about every other facet in life. And that's uh, a role that I'm taking on to helping all of our franchisees achieve the uh, success that they should be having in their businesses. So, so Peter, a lot of things that make you a successful athlete, you can obviously transition into business, and I think that you're doing that quite well. But for a lot of pro athletes, that's a pivot that they find very difficult to make. They just can't make it. Uh, I saw some stats. I think uh, 78% of NFL players, players that made a lot more than any CFL players made, within two years of retiring, they're bankrupt. So how did you successfully make that pivot and change into the business world? Well, it's a big challenge for a lot of players. And, you know, I was uh, I was someone who spent most of my professional life as an athlete, if you consider not just 11 years in the CFL, five years down at LSU, high-level U.S. college. It's an incredible amount of time. And to be successful as a pro athlete, it has to be your identity. It has to be who you are. You have to be so wholly committed. It's so competitive that there isn't a lot of space in your life to be much else. So for a lot of players who reach the end of their careers, and most guys, their bodies give out before their passion for it does, they find themselves at a loss. This thing that, that was who they were is no longer possible, and they, they struggle. And for a lot of guys in the NFL where they make incredible amounts, they are in a in a void. Their lifestyle can't possibly be maintained, and it's tragic. Now, in the CFL, it's a it's slightly different case because it's a much more blue-collar league, and you see guys make a little bit less, and they're always thinking about life after football, and you see a lot more entrepreneurialism. Correct, yeah. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio. It is a show about money. Uh, Peter Dykowski, uh, CFL superstar, what, 10 years with the Ticats, uh, another year with Saskatchewan, uh, now an entrepreneur, CEO for a company called Scholars. Uh, he's going to help you get some ideas if you're in the middle of a career transition or think of a career transition. Uh, Peter, a man of discipline, uh, and shall I say, well, he's got big arms. <laughs> he has <laughs> also big, big brain, voted Canada's smartest uh, person. Uh, kudos to you. Uh, more wisdom from Peter on Hi-Fi Radio right after this. Let's take a break. But after, Wolf and Jack will continue their in-depth discussion about money. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Well, good morning. Yeah, we're talking football, we're talking business, we're talking careers. Uh, Peter Dykowski is in the house, uh, made it to the Grey Cup twice, walked away, 
What'd you get? No rings. Hungry. No, no you, they don't even give you a ring, eh? Well, I, I lost give you a ring, two okay. losses. I would give, would give you one of those candy rings. <laughs> uh, but good for you. Congratulations, eh? How do, how do you feel, if, if I may ask, because uh, Jack is reading a lot of books right now, and he says, all the great men do what the most, Jack? Come on. Well, they've all had their failures. Failures. But hold on. They've also bounced back from those failures. Right. right? But that, that's, that, that's the pivot here. We're pivoting, my good friend, um, with uh, Peter Dikowski. Uh so, you're, you pivoted. You, you've done it. Um, you know, just, just during the break, we were talking about successful athletes who've had great careers, better careers, in fact, than after their athletic days. And Jack hands to me, uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnston. And you, tell, you share with me that he, he uh, rubbed shoulders, I guess, with the CFL. Didn't actually play, you said, but was uh, a part of the CFL for a very he, short stint. He was very briefly a Calgary Stampeder. Wally Buono cut him. And he looks back and he says that was the best thing that ever happened to him. And it launched him on this path into the WWE. Now he's the biggest movie star in the world. But, well, if you have to realize, to even try out for the CFL, that's huge. It's not, that. The guy's an athlete, right? So oh, he's an athlete that, sure, he failed in the CFL. Then he went on to the WWE, became an entertainer, and then parlayed that into the movie career that he does now. And he still goes back to the WWE every once in a while and does a little wrestling. As well. we'll see if he goes back and does a little football, but <laughs> I don't think so. But yeah, he, he's definitely been able to transition, pivot, bounce back from failure. And uh, that is one of the key tenets, I think, that is, uh, creates a successful business person and also a successful athlete. Well, again, I, I slept on the streets with Paul Coffey. Uh, he owns a car dealership. Uh, Doug Gilmore, uh, what's he been up to? Doug Gilmore owns the uh, the Kingston Frontenacs, which is a junior team. And then just most recently, he got on with the Maple Leaf Sports Entertainment. I think he's an ambassador there now. And that's, I believe, why he ended up on the streets with you, Wolf, with Covenant House. Good for him. And then what about Tim Hortons, guys? You mentioned me off, off break that Tim Hortons ends up helping a lot of athletes build careers through franchises. Well, and Tim Horton himself is a is a story of an athlete who started a successful business. But one of my Ticats teammates, Marlon Hage, we played side-by-side side on the O-line. He was our center. We played seven years together. His last game in the CFL was losing a Grey Cup, and he now has five, six Tim Hortons across downtown Toronto. He's got the Hockey Hall of Fame location, College in Spadina, Christy Pitts. He's uh, he, he's doing better now with coffee than he ever did playing football. And do, he was a great player, do, all star. Do, do you hang with him a bit? Do, do you know? Do, oh yeah, no, do no, me no. a favor, because um, because my kid would go through the drive thru says uh, I'm going to toast a bagel, triple toasted. Eight seconds later, by the drive thru, handle the bagel. How do, oh. they, how do they triple toast a bagel in eight seconds? At Marlon's locations, they triple one. toast it, but I don't know about some of these other guys. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, but it really is. And, and again, guys, share with me the, the, the sad part of the story, because this is where money management comes into the equation. Money doesn't solve all problems, but it can certainly help bridge career gaps if it's if you're properly planning, especially as a pro athlete or as a musician. You know, again, I saw in the record industry where I used to work beside the labels when I was in broadcast, and you see the one-hit wonder come out, and the ego would swell, and they would fade and burn. And it was very, very sad. Um, and so planning is so, so important. But again, let's speak to the flip side of it, the people who don't come out of it. And what's the probability of, of, of failure coming out as a pro athlete? I bet you the stats are quite daunting. Unfortunately, it is quite high. Now, in the CFL, so I'm on the board of directors of the CFL Players Association. I've been our treasurer the last four years. A big focus for us is on improving the outcomes for our players. So we have now our CFL PA Career Academy. We get players in from their rookie year preparing for life after football. We have partnerships with a number of the major Canadian building trades uh, unions to get guys into career tracks that fit their skill set so we can take this discipline that you develop as an athlete and channel it because otherwise you have 
this lifestyle as a pro athlete making a lot of money in your 20s that doesn't necessarily reinforce some of the skills you need to be successful outside of sports afterwards. Well, it goes back to the, the key tenet that we talk about, and you're teaching your kids right now. Financial literacy, it gets back to education. So we help our clients with their finances. Obviously, we help educate them. We help them get through the difficult times in the market. You know, what Peter's doing here, he's talking about not only financial literacy, which I think is important for young athletes as well, but also being able to develop, you know, that, that career path after. And it all starts with education. You know, and again, our next guest uh, is a Mike Drake, Jack. Uh, the psycho- you're going to speak, be speaking about the psychology of retirement. That is, a, again, it's a pivot. And again, who, who was it that uh, you, you, that article you put on my desk about the fellow who got the, sto- the, the mill? He created a stone mill and he worked, what, well into his 90s, Jack? Yeah, working into his 85, you, 90 years old, yeah. You, then you're talking to me about Scotty Bowman. Uh, how long did that Scotty work he, for, He's guys? still working, Wolf. He's working as an executive for the, the Chicago Blackhawks. And you know what? For him, it's not work. That's what he likes to do. It's his passion, right? So, so uh, back to you then, Peter. Uh, you're now the CEO of Scholars. Uh, passion or work? Or a bit of both? Passion. And, well, work is a passion for me, so I like something that I can really uh, sink my teeth into. This is great. We've got a terrific product. Our curriculum is second to none. I'm going to be working tirelessly to bring it to more children across Canada. And as a franchise system, we have a, a great business to offer people where they can take a bit of a change of gears in their career and do something that's more rewarding, that lets them have a better work-life balance. And being a franchise system and having that great structure framework within which to work, we found that former athletes make really good partners for us. And we have a couple of former CFLers actually coming on board. So I'm looking forward to working and growing with them. You, you know, you used a word, two words. Number word, number one word was choice. Uh, through education, you are giving children choice. Choice is everything. I go back to if you, if you have the mental aptitude, if you have some finances, it allows you choice in life. Um, and two, uh, your, your ability to talk about pivoting and adapting and evolving and changing. Uh, very, very powerful. But, but I think finally the most important thing when it comes to certain groups of people, and I'm going to look at Jack, who has military training. I'm going to look at Peter Dykowski. Jack, of course, was a captain. I'm going to start calling him Captain Jack, uh, <laughs> as, opposed, as opposed to Captain Crunch. Um, we got Captain Jack, or we discipline in, in the military. Being a pro athlete, to get to that level, the training, the discipline, for the hope that you get picked, and then the discipline to maintain the seat. And then the body breaks down and the passion lives, and that's where trouble spells. But uh, discipline, discipline, discipline. I tip my hat to both you gentlemen. Uh, Jack, you're going to hang around. Peter, we're going to wish you a great weekend. And uh, coming up next, we're going to talk about the psychology of retirement. Friends, if you're nearing retirement, it can be quite scary. You may have thought about it, dreamed about it your entire life, but ooh, it can be a bit of a dark door. Uh, We're going to try to help get you through that, shed some light on it, and let you know that, you know something, life is in front of you. There is so much choice available to you. And you got to think like Peter Dikowski. Keep changing, keep adapting, keep moving, because a body in motion stays in motion and a body at rest you know what I'm getting at. It's Hi-Fi Radio, Global News Radio Network, 640 in Toronto. Stay tuned. More show right after this. Don't go anywhere. There's more great show after this. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Welcome back to the show. It's about money. 
It's about retirement right now. Mike Drack is in the studio. Uh, Mike is an author. Mike is supposed to be newly retired. Well, he's of legal, shall I say. Maybe lack of a better word, legal. He's of retirement age. Uh, one year older than 64. Um, and so, it, of course, is a show about money. And it's called Hi-Fi Radio. And I like to queue up a, queue up a little high-fidelity uh, for each of the shows. And, of course, it's got to uh, help me pivot to the guest that I'm speaking to. So, so I'm going to choose here, Jack. And Mike piped in and said, born to be wild. So that's what the uh, baby boomers are thinking. And when they turn 65, they want to be wild. You boomer. <laughs> you boomer. Jack, what's, what's the line? It's for a the total mo- boomer song. It, it, total boomer song. I'm okay with that. Jack, what's the line for, for a millennial? Uh, no, it's, it's okay, boomer. Okay, but that's okay, it. Boomer. Okay, boomer. Okay, boomer. There you go. Okay, boomer. Um, retirement, Mike, as a financial advisor, um, I am learning and have learned is very, very stressful uh, for blue-collar, white-collar, I'm going to say well, high net worth individuals. I, 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 high net I'm worth, going to low, cash. High net worth, low net worth individuals. Everyone seems to be miffed or mystified. That's what I think for our next song we use mystified by an excess. All right? Mystified by the notion of retirement. Um, and it's interesting because Jack printed out again some material for me in, in preparation for the interview with Mike Drack, author of the Victory Lap Retirement. Um, and it was, it was interesting, Matrix, where... It, 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 it spoke about how individuals think about retirement at various ages of their life. So 30-year-olds think of retirement as cool when they're 30. But as we get older, our view of retirement changes um, to excitement, um, I'm lonely and depressed, to, well, I'm here for my final days. So psychologically, this is where the barrier lies. And, uh, you know, your Ikigai, we had a fellow on. Who, who wrote that book, Jack, from the Ikigai? Um, Can't remember the name, but Ikigai's purpose in life after retirement, right? You need purpose. Um, uh, Neil Pestriccio, Wolf, Neil was Pestri- his name. Right. Yeah. Um, but but what, what, what we know is you need purpose. You need a reason to get out of bed. Uh, it is the healthy choice because alternatively, having a sedentary lifestyle is is a quick road to extinction. Uh, so, Mike, you've obviously studied retirement. Uh, how can you help the audience better prepare for hopefully happy days? Well, Wolfgang, I've I've talked to a lot of retirees. Uh, I do a lot of seminars uh, and different events. And, you know, really what I realized was people are scared about retirement. They don't understand it. They don't know what they're headed to. And, you know, they might have another 30 years in front of them, and they really don't know what to do with those years. They don't. Yeah. And again, Jack and I come up against this all the time, uh, you know, in in running financial plans. Uh, Some people want to exit early. um, And I have to remind them that if you exit the job market early and you're investing savings strategy early and you begin to harvest too early, the risk of running out of money is real, uh, first and foremost. And secondly, how do you spread out the spend? Some believe you're going to upfront your spend and less when you are elderly, but that's where the risk can lie, i.e. long-term care, um, additional comforts required, and pure life extendancy. They've stretched it by another three or four years. And so your plan where, gee, take me to 85 and I'm good? Well, maybe you actually need to go to 92, 95. I don't mind that as long as I'm in good health, Wolfgang. But 
you know, the way I look at it is when you talk about spend, your heaviest spending is going to be in your early years when you're healthy enough and you have enough energy to run around, do all those things that, that you've always wanted to do, but you didn't have the time to before. So now you have the freedom when you retire. And yes, a, a concern is running out of money. And that's why really we suggest that people should look into maybe part-time work. But the key is to find work that you love to do. So it's not really work. It's more fun. It's more of expression of yourself. And you blend that with playing and, and you know, going on trips and doing different adventures. And, and life can be pretty good. You know, the other point about that, and Jack and I again speak about this frequently in the office, the best money to make, according to our tax law, is about that first forty, fifty thousand dollars because you get to keep most of it. So again, if you're going from a career as an urbanite making right. say one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, you're up there at the top tax bracket. Right. But as lo and behold, if you make thirty or forty thousand dollars part time gigging, doing something as you said, Mike, uh, that you love to do, so it's no longer work. It actually becomes a social entertainment right. purpose. Um, you're not taxed too much on it. So having that extra cash flow uh, is very helpful. But you know, this goes beyond money because uh, Jack and I. Have have some high net worth clients who stressed over retirement. It goes beyond money. So what are you finding the challenges for people who say they had a good professional career, out the door they go at 65, and what's next? Well, and, and that's the challenge is what is next? And we find so many people are retiring, taking a traditional route, and they don't have a plan for that. They've spent so much time focusing on the money aspect that they forgot the other things that are important. And that's the what we call the non-tangibles. What are you going to do in retirement? What will get you excited? What will get you out of bed in the morning? And, and what will give you a lot of fun and happiness? Look, Mike, after the break, uh, I want to ask you, um, are there and what are the resources available, to, aside from a book, that, that groups, social, bridges, government support, is there any mechanism in place to help newly retirees or those about to retire to get a some form of a support group. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio, Global News Radio Network, 640 in Toronto. It is a show about money, well-designed for your needs. Please stay tuned. Listen, we're going to take a break. But when we come back, more money talk. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Would you believe it if I said you will probably be mystified when you enter the day of retirement? You didn't believe me. You don't believe me. No, you don't. But it's true. Um, we have a very wise retiree in our studio here. Um, Mike Drack is his name. Uh, you know, we're talking about the psychology of retirement. He's an author. Uh, he wrote a book called The Victory Lap. And in my hot little hands, I have his manuscript. You know that? Big manuscript, uh, a transition guide. And on the front of it, retirement, heaven or hell. I wouldn't have thought, heaven or hell retirement? Oh, wow. And then, but he's got a little graph here for his heaven or hell. And it's ironic because I, I like visuals. And it, it looks like a, I can say it looks like a ski jump uh, for the long jump. Uh, you, you, know, you walk up those steps, you go down a ramp, and you hit bottom, you up off the ramp, and into the sky you go. And, uh, I remember a uh, my my sister's father-in-law. Um, he retired, and I'd see him, and I'd say, uh, "Sid, uh, I enjoying retirement. Hate it." See him three weeks later. Sid, how's retirement? Can't stand it. 
three months later. Sid, how you doing, pal? Well, I'm okay. How's retirement going, Sid? Can't stand it. Worst decision ever made. For about two years, he hated retirement. Just like, exactly like your graph. Finally, he came around the corner and he got into a swing. And now he's actually enjoying retirement. Uh, It was very difficult on the man. He uses mine all day. um, And he was, you know, actively engaged. Mind you, I would say, you know, my buddy said also a bit of a crunchy guy. He was, he also complained when he worked too. So (laughs) some people have a a complaining bite. Love you, said if you're listening. Um, But it's true. This is a man who hated retirement. My father, on the other hand, he loved retirement, but he had a plan. He had discipline. He had purpose still in life. um, And he had a plan. So he had a great 20-year retirement, my father. But he also worked in a factory. So it's easy to, as long as you were disciplined with money. And again, it was my father who taught me about money and compounding money. And so dads, moms out there, please Teach your children about compounding money because it will make the retirement easier. And if you're going down that slide, you might as well do it on the back of a cruise ship. You know what I'm saying? On your first first day of retirement, right? Why not? Look out, kids, I'm coming down. <laughs> and I'm spending all your money. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you think you're getting an inheritance, do you, Johnny? Forget it. Um, so that's a very, very interesting chart. Uh, so what kind of, you know, the... They never taught you this stuff in school no. uh, to prepare for retirement. You know, they teach you how to get a job, get the marks, get a job, uh, work, save, invest. But they don't teach you about 65 and what you're supposed well, to do. I don't think they teach you the investment part. They, well, they don't. Either. No, that, that's what Hi-Fi Radio is all about. We're also here to help people retire better and live longer and, and, and be happy with all of the hard work that they've done and the hard work Jack and I have done to help prepare them for a great retirement. So please ad- advise well, let me tell you maybe my personal story. I, I worked in uh, in a bank for <coughs> 38 years total, Choked you up to that. Uh, 36 years at, at one bank. Uh, you could do it back in those days. And at some point, the stress started to get to me, and uh, I was suffering from high blood pressure. And I said, well, you know what? I got to do something. I got to get away from the stress. I got to get away from this job because I don't really like it anymore. And I started looking into retirement. And... Uh, I went out and got my hands on every book I could. I read them all, and I was disappointed because most of them just dealt with the financial side of retirement. Not one book told me, well, this is what retirement's like, and this is what you could possibly do in retirement. So I was frustrated, and I had to figure it out for myself, and it took a couple of years to figure it out. And, yeah. and then I said, you know, what, you know what they're not telling us is that it can be very difficult if you don't have a plan in place and you have something to retire to. You have a vision for what you want to do in retirement. And those are the things we need to work on. And the point that you made about your, your uh, father, you know, suffering for two years, that's commonplace. There's so many people that go through that cycle and waste up to two years of their life trying to figure out what they're going to do. And my fear is they tend to settle near the end of it. They just kind of slow down, they settle, they accept things the way they are, and they get bored for the rest of their lives. And I don't think that's right either, and that's why we wrote the book. So, so Mike, what do you see as the key principles, the key tenets of a successful retirement and also successful transition from your earning years into your harvesting retirement years? Well, I, I think one of the most important thing is, is that you need a financial plan. But then in addition to a financial plan and understanding how that financial plan works, you need a lifestyle plan. And a lifestyle plan incorporates all those things that you want or plan on doing in retirement. 
And then you take those thoughts and in in those dreams and you cost them out. And then you go back to your financial plan and make sure that it, it's doable. And if it's not doable, then you have to adjust. So maybe you have to cut back on some things, or maybe you have to find some uh, type of, of short-term employment to generate some more retirement cash flow so you can do these things. But it has to be well thought out. It has to be structured. And it takes time to do that, and you need to do it before you actually retire. Well, the bingo right there. So this, is again, gets back to planning. Right, and what we can do in helping clients is the financial plans we prepare for clients. We're often doing them for clients. We always encourage them to do them, even in their 40s. But I'm speaking lifestyle. Jack and I, of course, do the left brain, but let's go to the right brain side of things. And and this gets back to planning. What are you going to do with your 24 hours? You're going to sleep less. That's right. There's six hours done, so you got 18 to go. All right, you're going to cook breakfast, do the dishes. Got that 45 minutes put put to bed. Now what are you going to do? Yeah. But I'm going to now take it. Let me give everyone perhaps an idea. How about volunteer? No, volunteers, you know, just a different type of work. And, you know, that's why we always say you should find some work that's suitable for you that you would love to do. But you don't need to make money at it. You can volunteer and still find fulfillment doing those things. So it depends on the position and what you're looking for I'll tell you one thing that seems to be a wonderful, wonderful um, byproduct of retirement often or nearing retirement if people are fortunate enough to experience it. Uh, And I'm really amazed when I see it in a man. And, Jack, you know what I'm talking about here is when, when people and men have grandkids. Yeah. All of a sudden, oh boy. Oh, life changes. Life changes, sure. eh? Big time. Um, Big but time. again, you can't plan for that kind of stuff. So in advance, you have to plan. Again, Jack and I tell you, I'm 54 years old. I'm not going anywhere. But I guess, what would I do with my time? And you have to, I think, slowly adjust. Slowly back off, perhaps work, start to maybe play more golf or start to begin right. a charitable um, uh, uh, career, meaning a give back career, and then build on that as you enter retirement. That's so right. it shouldn't be a switch going off. No. Not in this day and age, eh? Uh, look, uh, Mike, I want to wish you great success with your book, Victory Lap Retirement, uh, your new book. I hope it hits the shelf as well. Uh, off here, of course, you and I got a bit of chatting today. Uh, Mike Drack, uh, Psychology of Retirement. Uh, obviously online now, yeah. uh, Drak D R A K. Uh, thank you for spending some time with us uh, here on High Fire Radio. Much, uh, well, we're coming up to the last month of the year. Market has been so hot, uh, my good friends. We're gonna have to learn to take the good with the bad. Jack and I are here for you on High Fire Radio, Global News Radio Network, six forty in Toronto. More show right after this. Making money is the best. So how do you make more money? back after this. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Well, good morning. Yep. That's really what it feels like. This market has been absolutely on fire. Explosive. Um... So we got to temper that, my good friends. We have to temper the highs and elevate the lows. Uh, take emotion out. Remind yourself of the Buddha. You know, it's all good. Just keep the goalposts tight, I shall say. Temper the highs, elevate the lows. And if that doesn't work for you, well, you know what mom said to you, son, you got to take the good with the bad. 
and that's just the way she works. Exciting times, I must say. Boy, oh boy, it is indeed. Uh, U.S. market continues to uh, make new all-time highs, and uh, Newtonianism is at play. Hey, a body in motion stays in motion. It's incredible. Uh, people out there who do what's called shorting the market, the hedge funds in the United States primarily, they, they bet against stocks, think they're going to fall. And when they're wrong, they got to run for cover and buy it back. And so it's called covering shorts. Some of that's taking place. And of course, uh, portfolio managers, and again, a lot of hedge funds are to be blamed who have uh, missed the move, are chasing returns because they want to make bonuses by year end. So I must say the market is getting extended. It's overbought. Frothy without question in parts of it. Other parts, you know, not as frothy, uh, but certainly there are some frothier sectors out there. Um, you know, perhaps time for a little rebalance as well. Uh, trim back some of the stock, maybe build up a bit of cash or maybe buy some high yielding names. But uh, uh, portfolios need not be static, my good friends. They must be altered and adjusted. And again, hold quality all the way through. You're going to be fine. Uh, speaking of quality, Jack McDonald's. Um, Stock looks a little better. We bought the stock uh, about two years ago mm-hmm. for our balanced clients. Uh, it worked. Uh, I continue to walk by it in the food court. Uh, their digital campaign's working. People are pre-ordering. Uh, uh, it's, you know, it's really not a difficult business to figure out, Wolf. You, you see the lineups. We the, talk about it. Yeah. The Peter Lynch style of investing. You see what your kids are doing. Are your kids eating McDonald's? Yes. Are they being able to transition into the, into the digital age? Looks like they can. Sales continue to rise. And, you know, they continue to sell burgers and fries. I remember back in 2000, they were talking about the Atkins diet, how McDonald's was going to go out of business, right? That was a, I don't know if it's a buying opportunity of a lifetime, but it's certainly a, a good opportunity for a savvy investor. Interesting. Well, I had a Beyond Meat Burger um, a couple of weeks ago uh, at a business presentation, so I'm not sure what brand uh, I was eating. Um, it, 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 you know, honestly, Jack, it tasted exactly like a Harvey's patty. The seasoning, the thickness, I'll say even the texture, but I knew it wasn't meat. So I was like, what am I eating? I was going to say, you didn't know what the brand was. You also didn't know what you were eating, which no is idea. the point you make, and it's very relevant because uh, I want to know what I'm it's eating. processed food. It's what it is. It's, it's what everyone says, do not eat processed food. It's not good for you. Potato chips are not good for you. Craft dinner is not good for you. How is Beyond Meat good for you? Just because it's plant-based? I don't get it. Well, to, to, to make a plant taste like a burger, my friend, you got you to gotta process that. Yeah, large. You know, potato chips, all right, you cut the potato, you fry it in some oil, throw some, so there's not a whole lot of processing going on with that. Sure, it's been done in a factory one of it. Those burgers, uh, Beyond Meat burgers, right. that has been processed. But, again, but a lot of it comes down to common sense, Wolf. You talk about Beyond Meat, right? It's, it's not good food for you because of the processed nature of it. A lot of common sense in investing just gets you to the finish line. It gets you to that retirement plan that you're looking for. But most people really, it's, hard, it's tough to say, but they don't have that common sense that you need. Uh, and it really does start with education, financial planning, regular savings, all these habits that we talk about that are key tenets to a successful financial plan and, and financial success. So I, I want to go back to uh, exactly what you just said there, uh, Jack, is common sense. Uh, I, I, friends, I cannot stress the importance of compounding your money enough. And what compounding means, it means that, is that it, it comes from, from a bond. It comes from the world of bonds, where you'd get an interest payment every six months. Uh, if you buy a GIC, usually semi-annual pay every six months they give you your interest. And so compounding is when that interest begins to earn interest. So the growth begins to grow, not just your own capital, but the growth on the capital grows. That is what the word compounding means. Um, of course, you can apply it towards a stock market as a stock grows. It continues to grow. Uh, I go back to now to my, my son who I got him on a savings plan. Uh, my son is 17 years old. Uh, he managed to uh, amass about $18,000 
using mutual funds and Christmas money, birthday money, a uh, little money here, a little money there. It adds up, working money as well. But I said, let's get you now set up on a regular savings plan. Working at Metro, you make about $150 a week, save $100, I said to him, and I will match it with another 100. So I'm gonna give you 100. Uh, it's a it's a 100% gain. And he had to think about it, Jack said he had to think about it. Are you kidding me? Uh, I, I finally convinced him to do it. Again, to get a 17 year old to part with their money, Jack, is not easy in this day and age of consumption. But I managed to say, Sebastian, this will help you because this will do the work for you if you allow something you have that I don't have, and that's called time. And Warren Buffett's quote is, he can buy anything in this world. Warren Buffett can buy anything, Jack, except Time. Yeah, you can't buy time. Can't buy time. Um, so if you're a teenager, you have time. That is power. That can make you rich. So Sebastian with his $18,000, $100 a week he's going to save. I'm going to match it. I'm going to buy him quality mutual funds. Ooh, I don't like that. Want to bet? Quality mutual funds. Objective return, 8%. Not easy to achieve, but if you buy quality equities over decades, they will compound 8% as long as you don't treat them like a bar of soap and touch them all the time because you know what happens to bars of soap? They get smaller. Your portfolio can do the same thing if you overtouch it. So Seabass, he's going to be saving 100 bucks a week. I'm going to be matching it. By the time he is 30, he'll have just under $300,000, my friends. If he continues and I continue to match, age 40, I'm 23 years later, I'll probably be around, he'll have $780,000. If he sticks on his $100 a week savings program and I keep matching him, it works at a savings rate of $9,600 a year. He'll do that for about 40 years. Retirement number, $5.6 million. Yeah, like you said, Wolf, that is the power of compounding. It's the power of small numbers, the power of time. Yep. And the fact that you're teaching your, your son that, giving him that education is, is obviously very valuable. So here's again, when you, when you look at the math, Jack, it's a slow build. In the first year, at the end of year one, he'll have thirty grand. Year two, he'll have 42,000, 56,000, 70,000, 86. I'm going through the years. It's not very exciting. It takes him about six, seven, eight years to get to 100 grand. But guess what? Once he's at age 40, now the account has 780 in it. Guess what? Next year, he's going to put another 9,000 in it. And yet the market will hopefully grow another 130 for him. So the account will move from 780 to 850 to 930 to a million. And guess what? It's going to go from $1 million to $2 million, Jack, in about 10 years. Right. So well, the difficult, I would say the, the difficult part, Wolf, is getting started. And in this world that we live in right now, instant gratification, everyone wants to have it immediately. Yep. You know what? Building wealth, it takes time. Kids, when you're living at home and when mom and dad are paying all the bills, what better time to begin a savings program? It can be $100 a month. And I bet if, kids, if you're listening to this, I bet if you approached your parents and said, hey, if I save $100 a month, would you give me some kind of a matching like that Wolfgang does to his kid? Uh, maybe your parents have an extra buck they can do that. But it's, to, it's all about discipline. It's about motivating. Uh, once this thing unfolds, I won't have to give him 100 bucks a week. I know he's going to just stick on this program. I don't know how long time it's going to take, Jack, to get the good habit in place. You speak, what, of 21 days to change habit uh, frequently? Well, we'll see. But we're off to a good start, my good friends. I want to help you educate your family about money. That's what this show is all about. It's Hi-Fi Radio, Global News Radio Network, 640 in Toronto. Guess what? we got one more hit coming back right back at you. Stay with us. There's more shows still to come. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. The song is over. It's all behind me. Wolf, you're putting me to sleep here, buddy. 
Oh, no, it's beautiful, Jack. It's the who, man. I know who it is. Okay, that's good. But, you know, yeah, but again, I don't want to slow dance with you, Wolf. Come on. <laughs> it's too early in the morning. Stay away. It's a great song. And they build the song? Builds? Um, but uh, no, no, no. We're going to get to the show here. Uh, our final segment, my good friends. Um, yes, the song is over. It needn't be over when you hit retirement. And again, if you have a great plan, hopefully you have some extra wealth and some good health. And uh, you have a plan to uh, carry on. But um, here we are in 2019. Stock market at all-time highs. It's been an amazing year. Champagne supernova type of a year, I must say. Uh, but we have to temper those highs and the, the the irony is this year is so opposite of last year that's what makes this business fascinating let's 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 rewind 2018 q4 uh fourth quarter of 2018 all was good and then september kicked and the market just unraveled 20 percent um jack and i had um, a couple of guests on one was a perma bear thought the world was going to hell in a handbasket Jack and I were steadfast and remained very long. And here we are, 2019. We're having one of the best years uh, on our record. Our growth account up over 24% as of today. Uh, balance up with some 16%. Conservative up 12 It's been a great year. Uh, opposites. Opposites, opposites, opposites. It's, it's incredible how that happens. But that's what the business It's a pendulum. So, again, we've had a great year this year. I would not be surprised to see us give some of it back. Friends, if you... If you are looking at your portfolio right now, if your portfolio is at an all-time high right now, I know what you're going to do. It's human nature. You're going to you're going to high watermark that in your brain. In other words, you're going to look at your value of your account. Say, "Yippee, I have X." And then when you give some of it back, you're not going to like it. I'm saying to you, don't worry about it. Own quality, diversify, think longer term. You'll be fine. Uh, the good news is consensus thinks next year is going to be okay. Jack, the bad news is consensus thinks next year is going to be okay. I say consensus is sometimes correct, but in, in financial markets, it really isn't most of the time. And what we had last year, when the market went down 20%, the reason why it went down is because something unexpected happened. When some, something unexpected happens, if it's bad, obviously the market's going to react and adjust prices accordingly. And I, again, I want to interrupt you here, Jack, so just for the audience's sake, what happened unexpectedly last year because guess what something unexpectedly also happened this year on the exact opposite as well right exactly so the, the federal reserve the central bank in the united states came out and said in q4 last year they said we're nowhere near um our rate hike cycle and ending ending, ending. so they they're said that, yeah, they said they're going to keep raising interest rates right and the, Trump, the market Trump knew, went ballistic, I say, tweeted the world, and the market acted accordingly, Jack. Exactly. The market expected or thought that the, the Fed was almost done its rate hike cycle and reacted accordingly. And if it continued to continue raising rates, you would have saw oh. the U.S. into recession, and that's what, where the, the market was going. It was priced accordingly. In a recession, yep. the market tends to go down anywhere from 20 to 30%. Correct. The opposite ended up happening. And we had some good strategy calls uh, at the end of last year saying, you know what? I think the market's correct. I think the economic cycle is going to continue to expand. And I think the Fed's going to cut I think the financial crash that we just had is going to pass relatively quick. And yes, the Fed should cut interest rates. And they did. They cut them three times this year. And at the last Fed meeting, they said said that we don't expect to raise rates unless we see significant inflation uh, in the near future. And really, there is none. So they're, they're on 
stand by for now, and they may potentially cut. Well, they told the market they're going to let inflation run, which means they're telling the market they're not going to raise interest rates. Without raising interest rates, asset prices should go higher. Uh, again, this has been the third year of a presidential cycle. Again, I believe I said it on air a year ago, the third year of a presidential cycle tends to be the best of the four years. So far, history uh, is being repeated. Year four of a presidential cycle, the market tends to be oh. K in the first half. Uh, so, and we'll see what happens. Earnings well, earnings are expected to trough out last quarter. Um, they beat expectations that were relatively low, and they're ex- expected to accelerate. If that comes true, as the market does expect, I would ex- I would um, suggest that we're going to have a decent 2020. Um, and the market at the moment right now is not priced for recession. So hopefully that doesn't come uh, the year of election as well. Well, uh, the S&P is, what, 31 and change right now. It's called a 3,100 right now. Our strategist 12-month target is 3,350. Um, I would not be surprised, Jack, before this cycle ends, and I don't want to say too frequently because the market gods will throw lightning (laughs) bolts at me, but I wouldn't be surprised to the S&P before before the fat lady sings to hit 4,000. It won't get there in a straight trajectory. Nothing does, which goes back to if you have a big up year, Friends, you got to sort of expect the opposite next year. I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm saying don't expect the same kind of enthusiasm that we had in this year. Likewise, if you're, if you're having a real bad year, this too shall pass. Friends, extend your time horizon. Maintain a savings program. Maintain an investment program. No good just leave your money idle in a bank. Learn to put your money to work for you so your money can compound as I bet it will for my son Sebastian saving a hundred bucks a week and a hundred bucks matched by his parents is a five and a half million dollar plan over a 40 some odd year period numbers work for me and well you know what he's doing there he's controlling what he can control we can't control the markets right bingo we talk about our yep. forecast we talk about expectations but at the end of the day you can control your habits and that's exactly what Sebastian's doing and that's how you can be a, a financial success. Teach your children's, my friends, and my good. They will, well, they'll take care of you in the elder years. They'll say, thanks, mom and dad. You taught me well. Here, we're going to upgrade your retirement home for you. <laughs> Lucky you, eh? I want to wish you a great weekend. Uh, it is Hi-Fi Radio, show about money, a show that Jack and I put on each and every week on the Global News Radio Network, 640 in Toronto, just for you. Listening to Hi Fi Radio with Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hartle, portfolio managers at Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management. For questions about today's show or any money questions you need answered, email Wolf and Jack at WolfgangKlein.com. Hi Fi Radio, for the love of money. We'll see you next week.